listening to the Art of Fulfillment podcast. We interview the world's most fulfilled people to share with you the strategies, techniques, and ideas that can help you master your own art of fulfillment. Life isn't about external success. It's all about fulfillment. Or in other words, how you feel about yourself when you are by yourself. All right, guys, today's guest is an absolute wealth of information, and she's super passionate and super excited about what she does, and she's got so much to share that it's really going to help you to look at your life and get unstuck, because that's what she does as a licensed therapist, and she's also the chief mind doctor for Spartan, and if you remember our prior interview with Joe DeSena, uh, that is the same company, Spartan Race, um, and if you haven't done one, totally suggest you do it, but that's a conversation for another time. But what she does is she has a weekly podcast episode called The Spartan Mind uh, that Spartan puts out where she gives out bite-sized nuggets of gold that essentially will help you to improve your mind, uh, have a better view on life, and ultimately be able to pull yourself through obstacles and reach to new heights. And she does the same with her clients every single day with such an energy, passion, and just genuine, uh, absolute, genuine, authentic um, desire to help other people that is just totally unmatched by by many other people that I have. So without further ado, let's welcome to the show, Dr. Lara Pence. Thanks so much for coming to the show, Lara. Thank you. That was like a stellar intro. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. First of all, I love how you said like how you feel about yourself when you're by yourself. I mean, talk about like a golden nugget. That's awesome. So thank you. It's such an honor to be here. Oh, of course. And thank you so much for, for the comments on the intro. And, you know, I, I always say it's easy to to talk about other people in that way when they're actually truly that extraordinary. And I do think you're extraordinary. And that's why, you know, I have you on the podcast. And I always get, I was, we were talking before the show, I always get so fired up whenever I hear uh, your, your, your gems of knowledge on the Spartan Mind podcast. And I can always take away something great. And I, I love how it all just ties back to getting unstuck and getting through obstacles in life, whether it be the course that you're racing on or just life in general because as you and I know Spartan racing is like a metaphor for life there's always going to be obstacles where you're going yep so my first question to you is like how does like someone end up getting stuck in a situation in their life like you know whether it's in their head or something like that and then like what would you say is like the best way for someone to get unstuck so to say from like a broad sense yeah so great question off the bat and we're just diving right in which I love um So, you know, how do people get stuck? I think there's a few different ways. I think, first of all, we get really stuck when we stay in our head, right? Mm -hmm. So like when we, and what I mean by that is like when we're not sharing things, we're not sharing our feelings, we're not sharing our fears, we're not sharing our accomplishments, we're not sharing, you know, the things that, um, the things that we enjoy doing, our value system, like when we, when we keep to ourselves and we hustle for approval, Um, then Mm. I think that that really moves us into a position of potentially getting stuck because one of the best parts of, you know, expressing your feelings or talking to somebody or just even like talking to yourself, whether it's through journaling or meditating or whatever it is, um, is being able to hear actually like what's going on in your head. I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but I certainly have where I'll be thinking, for example, like something that I think my husband must believe about me. And then I'll say to him, like, babe, this is what I think you believe. And he's like, what? You're, you know, like, no, you are so far off. So 
I think we get stuck when we stay in our own head. I mean, I think like that's the primary thing. I think, and and one of the other things that I'd say about that is when we when we talk about what's going on in our lives, and this can be from struggle to success. It doesn't have to be, you know, oh, I'm talking about all the stuff that's going wrong. Like when we just talk about things that are going well or even what we did that day, mm. it gives us the experience of availability of empathy and availability mm. of connection. Um, and I think that that really like fuels us and propels us and moves us forward as human beings. And if we don't, if we don't open up, if we aren't just sort of becoming available to our own life and opening up, then we don't get those things. You know, when we kind of close the door, we close the garage door on them and it, and we stay in the garage. I mean, we just sort of like plant ourselves there. Right. So I think really we get stuck when we get in our head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that too. And, and it, cause it can get kind of just noisy up there, like all like the thoughts that are just going crazy, yeah. like all the time. And if you're just staying in there when it's just totally crazy, you can definitely feel stuck and almost paralyzed yes. in some sick cases. Like, like when, when you were saying that, I kind of think of like a person who's maybe afraid of heights and they're going cliff jumping or something. And like all the words are going through their head and they're not moving and they're essentially right. like stuck. Right. Yes. And I think it's so cool that, you know, you said that, you know, you're able to look at your own thoughts or look at like what's going on in your mind from like a kind of like a witness perspective. So yes. for like our people who like uh, are listening, they're saying like, how do I get to that place? Like, how do, how does one learn how to actually, you know, look at what's going on in their mind? And, and dare I say too, like, when I did this process for myself, it was like a scary thing, but I think it's so useful. Yep. But what does that process look like for you that you tell your clients or or anyone else who asks that question to you? Yeah. So, well, first I want to, I want to, um, identify a word that you just said, which is super important, which is process because mm. it is a process. Like we have to, we have to practice getting good at observing our own thoughts and feelings and beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and because we live in this like hyperproductive, overstimulated, like nonstop go, 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 go world where we are never alone because we are always with our phones we have lost the art of like solitude, right? And yeah. solitude really is just being, it's not actually, it's not being alone. It's being alone with your thoughts and being mm-hmm. alone with your feelings and beliefs. And so we really need to practice what that experience is like. And, you know, for my clients that have really, like really lost that, that art and that skill and are starting from ground zero, the first thing that I have them do is actually not, um, is actually not move towards the process, but first think about what is getting you, what is getting you away from the process. Mm. So for example, so many of us sleep with our phones right by our bed, right? And what is the first thing we do when we wake up? We look at our phone, right? We check our email, we look at our Instagram thread, like we've got all those notifications that have popped up all through the night, like, oh, someone messaged me or, oh, I have an email or, oh, I have an appointment, you know? And right there, immediately, we're not even giving ourselves time to think about how do I feel in the first minute of the day, right? Mm -hmm. Like, what do I think? What do I feel? How was my rest? You know, how, like, does my body feel tired? So when I ask clients initially, like, to engage in this process, the first thing really is just identifying what's keeping you from the process, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, what is keeping you away from actually beginning the process. So that would be one example is just, you know, how often are you on your phone? How often are you avoiding thoughts, feelings, behaviors, or thoughts, feelings, beliefs by engaging in certain behaviors, you know, that kind of thing. 
Then as they actually move into the position where they're ready to start practicing, then it's about, okay, let's just start super, super small. So every morning when you engage in whatever ritual you have, right, let's say you go downstairs and you watch the news, or let's say you um, are making your coffee or making your smoothie or blending up your supplements or whatever it is. It's like, I want you to take a piece of paper and just identify what's one thought you have What's one belief you have about yourself as it relates to the day? Mm. And what does your body feel like, right? So I'll give you an example of what that might look like, okay? So I'll take myself for an example. So this morning, one thought that I had was, I want to try and get in a workout today. My husband was going for a long trail run, and he does like these massively long runs. So it's like four (laughs) hours, and I've got kids, so I have to manage my own time. But like the thought that was going through my head in in the morning was like, I don't want his workout schedule to prevent me from doing what I want to do. So the Mm -hmm. thought was like, okay, I want to get into a workout today. What was the belief I had about myself today? The belief was, I wonder if I'm going to do it because sometimes Mm -hmm. I don't, right? So sometimes Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, my husband's on a trail run. I have kids. I'll just sit, you know, I'll just like not do what I really want to do. Right. And then how did I feel in my body? Well, let's see last night, we had Indian food for dinner, which was delicious, but sometimes upsets my stomach a little bit. You know, <laughs> So it's like, okay, how does my body feel? It feels pretty good. It feels well rested. Like I got a good night's sleep, but my, t- my stomach's just like a little bit off. So maybe I'm just not going to have as big of a breakfast, right? So mm-hmm. right there, I'm like tuning in and I'm like practicing kind of like you said, sort of becoming this witness, this observing ego of what's going on. That took what, two minutes? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's doesn't take that much time. You just have to start practicing it, right? So that's the first step for all of your listeners. I would say like, what's a thought that you have? What's a belief? And then how does your body feel? That's a place mm-hmm. to start. I love that. Yeah. And it's, it just gets you just so in tune of just self-awareness. Cause I think once right. you are self-aware, man, you can like really, like you said, like pinpoint, like what's holding you back. Right. Cause yep. when you can say, is it your beliefs? Is it your thoughts? Like maybe you feel like crap, right? Like, and then you can target those areas so much more specifically. And I absolutely love that. And I also kind of want to say like that also relates to another point you were saying about ha- before in the prior answer, when you were like having an open mind about new experiences is like right. absolutely huge. And to have that open-mindedness, I think, is a doorway to a lot of great things. But for me, so you're talking to the once king of closed-mindedness. I used to be so <laughs> closed-minded. Like, it, it almost, like, like terrors me to think about how bad it was. But it was a process, like you said before, to to get to that place. So is there a process that will help you people to become more open-minded towards things? Because, you know, I, I get how closed-minded how easy it is to be closed-minded nowadays by like you know the accessibility of the niches or you know the kind of the same groups that we go into so what's kind of the process look like to become more open-minded well I think closed-mindedness comes from fear and from avoidance of uncertainty right because if we're closed-minded then we can be certain about all the things that we want to be certain about and we Mm -hmm. don't have to open ourselves up to uncertainty and so if we're cl- being closed-minded in my mind also like is driven really by fear. Like what if I was open-minded and I learned something about myself that I didn't like, you know, or mm-hmm. what if I was open-minded about a friend and their experience and I learned something about them that I might judge, right? It's almost like I'd rather not know it, you know, yeah. it's like that fear. So I think we really have to take a look at, you know, how is fear driving us, right? And 
how comfortable are we with uncertainty? Mm. Um, and you know, we're not good at both of those things. I mean, we, we, (laughs) we are a quite a timid society and we really need things to be certain. And so I think like just even knowing that, I mean, I say a lot, you do better when you know better. Um, and so I think just having that wisdom and knowledge of like, okay, if I'm closed minded in this moment, like let's say I'm with a friend and they want me to try something new. Let's say they want me to try Spartan race, right? We'll use that Mm -hmm. as an example. Okay. And immediately my response is, no, that's not for me. (laughs) I'm not doing that crazy shit. I'm not getting muddy and running through barbed wire. Like, no. Okay. Stop and ask yourself, what is it that's uncertain about participating in that that scares you? And what are you afraid of? Right. Mm. So is the uncertainty around, I don't know if I'll be able to finish. And that could also be a fear, right? Um, or is there uncertainty around, I don't, if I say yes, then am I like committed to doing this? Like, do I have the option of maybe like being flexible around it, you know? And then what's the fear? Like, well, what if I can't do it? What if somebody else judges me? What if I come in last place? Oh, wait, what if I'm really good at it? Because we can Mm -hmm. be afraid of success too, right? So that's true. Oh yeah. So I think when it comes to open-mindedness, like my first start for most people would be those two questions. Like, what am I afraid of? And what uncertainty do I have now in this moment? Oh my gosh. Yeah. And it it all just ties back again to self-awareness, right? Just, just, just literally being aware of it. And, and when you're aware that like why you're afraid of something or like why you are uh, afraid of the uncertainty, like number one, you see that, you know, usually it just, the awareness itself takes its power away. And number two, like, like, and I love how you always talk about this. Usually when you see something for like a reason that you're trying to rationalize a certain situation or fear or something, it can be like funny or ridiculous, right? Yes. Like for like a Spartan race, you can be like, oh, like I'm just going to get muddy. And then like, I'm just going to look like a fool. But like, right. then you think about it and you're like, wait a second, everybody's going to be muddy and yeah. everyone's going to look the same way. I'm not going to look like a fool. Like <laughs> that makes no sense. And you just kind of laugh about it. And I think that's so awesome. Um, and then kind of like, tying it back to like little like about the obstacles and stuff like that, like having a self-awareness, how can we apply that to like dealing with obstacles in our life? Like whether it's, um, let's just say, I don't know, like for us, for our listeners, a lot of people want to start their own business, but common thing I get all the time is like, man, it's just a long road ahead. There's going to be so much and so much obstacles. Like how do I deal with that stuff? And, or maybe just unexpected things like a death in the family or maybe things that just kind of like life throws at you. How do you how do you apply your methods to be able to get through those obstacles, whatever they might be? Yeah. So, I mean, I love this part of Spartan in particular, like being such a metaphor for obstacles. When I, when I first met Joe a year and a half ago, um, I had never run a Spartan race. And so, you know, integrity is one of my values. And so Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, if I'm going to have like the founder of this company in my office talking to me about stuff, um, and this could be kind of a neat opportunity for me. Like, I'm going to have to try this out, right? I'm going to I'm gonna do it. So I signed up for a sprint at the AT&T Stadium. And nice. yeah, it was, oh my gosh, so awesome. So yeah. clear, clearly I got hooked. So um, <laughs> when I went there, like I, I met Joe on a Friday, Saturday was the race. So I go to the race and we get there like way early. You know, I'm like one of those people that likes to just be there super early just to make sure that, you oh, know, yeah. if anything, you know, happens that we've got our stuff aligned. So I get there super early, but I was running an open wave. So like everything had already started, right? And we were running at like 1 PM. So people were totally already going through the course. 
And I, and as I like stood in like the stadium stand and looked below and saw all these like ants, you know, climbing up the rope and like going through the gauntlet and all that kind of stuff. I literally thought in my head, this is the embodiment of what I work with my clients on, mm -hmm. which is like climbing over things, right? Getting through things, like tolerating the pain, being okay with the suck of what is in front of you, right? Mm -hmm. And so I just like, I think about so often when I'm thinking about the psychology of overcoming obstacles, because we can literally have like the physical embodiment of an obstacle in front of us. And mm -hmm almost go through in so many ways, like the same process that we would for a mental obstacle or for something else that we're dealing with. So I think for me, like when I think of, you know, what are the ways that individuals can go over obstacles? I mean, the first thing is, and people maybe don't love this, but yeah, life is hard. Like life sucks, you know, oh, sometimes. Yeah. And I mean, it can be beautiful and it can be joyful but it can be dark and super painful. And yeah. so I think that like, like when I heard you say, you know, that a lot of the listeners like want to start their own business, but they're like, oh, this could like, you know, take a long time. And there are probably lots of, lots of things that are going to pop up. Yeah. You are <laughs> right on the money. Starting business is hard. And that means you shouldn't do it? Question mark. You know, yeah. it's like, because something's hard, why do, why does that give us a, uh, give us a permission slip to avoid it? You know? So right. I think like the first step for individuals who've got something like on their plate or something comes their way, that's difficult, um, is to just, is to tie in the common humanity piece of like, okay, this is hard, you know, like, and again, it goes back to that self-awareness a little bit, but I think it also just go, just goes back to like identifying reality right now, you know, mm -hmm. like being in the real moment, being in the present of like, this is hard. You know, if, if you have a family member or a friend die and it just feels awful. Yeah. That's it's cause it's awful, you mm -hmm. know? So like just, and being okay saying that to yourself, you know, not that that's going to immediately make it better, but it just puts you in a position of like, of not trying to avoid it because it's there, right? Because mm -hmm. it's like, okay, this is this is what I'm dealing with now. If I'm starting a business, yeah, I've gotta be in it for the long haul. Yes, it's gonna take maybe money, maybe money I don't have and I have to figure out how to raise it. You know, yes, they're gonna, I'm gonna experience tons of failures along the way. Like I could, you know, I could lose out on other job opportunities because I'm just single, you know, focusing on this one thing, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. That's the way it goes, you know? So I think like that to me is always the first step is just sort of being real with yourself around like, this is going to be really, really hard. Mm -hmm. And then I think, you know, then I think you tie in sort of like the, the awesomeness about common humanity, which is, and we have the power to move forward. Mm -hmm. Like, right. So yes, this is hard. And I have the power to move forward. Not, but right. yes, this is hard but I guess I'll do it. No. Yes, this is hard. And I have the power to move forward. Like, do you notice when I say it, it just sounds more empowering when you use the word and than if you use oh, the word yeah. but. Yeah. So 100%. I think like just, you know, having two things be, one does not cross out the other. Like they're both there. Yes, this is hard. And I'm going to do it anyway. It mm -hmm. kind of like, you know, when I say that, I literally feel like, 
fuck yeah, like let's get this done, you know, as right. opposed to like, yeah, this is hard, but okay, I'll move forward. Yeah, that doesn't, I mean, what the heck? That doesn't feel good, you know? Right. So I think being able to basically like hold those two together and present, I think is a great starting point for anybody. Um, and that, and you have to have, you have, you have to believe in yourself. I mean, you have mm -hmm. to have that belief of like, okay, yes, and I can do it. And having a belief in yourself doesn't mean you don't think you're going to fail. No, that's not what it means. Like having mm -hmm. a belief in yourself is, if I fail, when I fail, I'll keep going. You know, if I mm -hmm. come up against an obstacle, I'll figure out a way over it. You know, if I lose things along the way, I'll figure out how to get them back, right? Like that's right. a belief in yourself. It's not, I'm never gonna fail, I'm not gonna lose anything and I'm gonna be perfect at it. That's delusional, you know? Right. It's, I'm gonna fail, I'm gonna keep going. If I lose something, I'll get it back. You know, that's, that's just healthy self-esteem right there. Right. Right. So I guess I those are like too. the first things that I would start with. Yeah. And that's totally awesome too. And I think like from my perspective too, to add to that, when you do hard things, like things that are hard, it just feel like you feel just so like proud of yourself as I opposed know. to like, like if it was easy, like it's like, whatever. Like I think like if someone asked me, it's like, would you rather be given $10 million or kind of work for it? And as crazy as it sounds, like, I think the working for it is much more fulfilling, you know, because yeah. you, you went through the hard stuff and you look back and you're like, wow, I did that kind of stuff. And I love how you said that. It's like, you know, just acknowledging that it's going to be hard and just accepting the reality behind it is so, is so empowering. Cause you know, I'm a big believer that ignorance is definitely not bliss. And then once yes. you're like aware that the failure is going to come, it's like, okay, how am I going to deal with it? And then you also focus on, I think one of the most important tenets of life is like, uh, when you said right there, you like, I might fail, but like, I'll keep going. And you yep. always are in control in that place. Cause exactly. you can, you can fail for reasons totally out of your control. Right. Yep. But like, you can always control whether or not you take the next step or you keep going after. And I think that's so cool. And I know this applies to failure a lot, but I want to also kind of go back to one thing that you said before that I thought was so interesting. And I definitely have had this in my own life and it's a very weird experience for those who've never had it, but fear of success. Yeah. So how, like, can you just describe like why someone might be scared of succeeding as crazy as that might sound to some people? And then what do you do to get over the fear of success, um, you know, along the way? Cause I think it's, that's a very interesting topic. Sure. So, I mean, I'll use myself an ex as an example. I feel like maybe sometimes I need to come up with other examples, but my own life is the one that I know no, the I, best. So. I actually prefer you doing it from your <laughs> okay. own life. I think, I think that's the best way. <laughs> um, so when I started my private practice, right? So starting a private practice is always a little bit scary. And I started it really early on in my career. I had only been out of graduate school for two years. And most people like wow. they're out, or out of graduate school for like 10 years, you know, they yeah. work for treatment facilities or other things like that. But I had only been out for two years. And so I was starting pretty early on in my career. And um, I, you know, had my doubts, right? Like anybody does who's starting a business, you know, like what if nobody calls? What if I don't get referrals? What if, um, what if I work with somebody and I really don't know what to do, you know? team near me that can kind of help me um, identify some of the some of the different places I can go with that client all that kind of stuff came up well in like doing my own work with a therapist which by the way therapists should have therapists um, mm -hmm. I learned that like there was this huge fear of success that I had and what that revolved around was what if what if I 
start becoming successful and I get so busy that I can't handle it? You know, like what if I start to have so many yeses and my practice gets filled up and now I'm not prioritizing my children, I'm not prioritizing my husband. And like, what if that creates fractures in the family? What if I lose my own sense of grounding? You know, like what if I, what if the things that matter to me don't matter as much anymore? What if I get super attached to the money that I'm making? You know, it sort of became this like, okay, I could fail at this, but what if I become successful and I have all of the, like all of these changes in my life that could shift the course of how things are going? Because things are kind of groovy right now. You know, I get to go to my practice. I get to come home when I want. You know, my husband's great. We have two kids, yada, yada, yada. Well, at that point, we only had one kid. But um, but it's it sort of, you know, there was sort of this like big idea of like, what if that changes through right. success, right? Mm. Um, so that's, an, I think, an example of just how you can have that fear of success. And I think Here's the thing. I actually think we all have that. I think right. that, you know, the people who are listening, who they're like, fear of success. Are you kidding me? I would like take success on a silver platter. Maybe you would. And then what, like, what would happen? Like, what would happen if you were as successful as you could imagine yourself to be? You know, yes, maybe you could travel the world and be friend, you know, have fr take your friends with you and be with them all the time, or give your family whatever it wanted. But like, then what? Like, what mm -hmm. about that could be scary, or what about that could feel like, oh my gosh, what if I lose all of this? You know. So I think we all have a fear of success, and I think that we just have to kind of dig deep and ask ourselves, like, what what within that kind of scares us a little bit and holds us back so that maybe we're not saying the yeses that we want to say yes to, or maybe we're not saying the no's that we need to say no mm. to, you know? How are we closing certain doors when really we should open them a little bit more? You know, what are the ways that we do that? And I can say that my experience in unpacking that a little bit in my own therapy and my own work really gave me permission to say yes to Joe DeSena when he came knocking on my door because, mm -hmm. you know, they, they first contacted me and wanted to do like a film shoot for a movie they were doing. And I had all of those thoughts, you know, like, what if I do this and then they want more, you know, and what if I have to take a look at, do I want to keep doing my practice or do I want to shift over to Spartan or what will that look like financially for our family? And how will I be required to travel? You know, all that kind of stuff. So it, it served me in a way, knowing that about myself, it served me in a way that when that happened, I could immediately check in with myself and not just say like, okay, not just look at what are the ways that I'm scared that I might fail in this arena, but what are the ways that I'm scared that this could really become something? Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's so cool. And it goes all the way back to the, the fear of uncertainty, right? Because yeah. like with success comes a whole new life and man, that's uncertain. Yes. And, and someone told me once, uh, it's a quote that just haunts me all the time. It's like, if you were to get like, if anyone was to get like $10 million, like in their mailbox tomorrow, they'd still be the same person that they wake up as like, you still have like, you know, still have fears, you still have, you know, the same insecurities and all that stuff. It's not like money changes you. It just, it almost enhances those things actually, because there's so much stuff coming in your life. So I think that's a really, really cool point. And, and to, to look at it as success as something that could be scary is, is also like, 
you, you have to ask yourself again, it's like, what am I scared about? And then at the end of the day too, like something that kind of helps me too, is I look and say like, is it going to be worth it enough? Like, is it, yeah. is it worth it? Like to be able to do all that stuff. Um, and, and one thing that, you know, I think can really help you go through there. And I think you might agree too, is like having like a value system too, to oh, yeah. really measure not that your success um, is worthy or not. Right. Cause success is different for everyone, but I think, and I think you would agree that the success that's best for everyone is one that aligns with their values. Totally. So, so how does someone go about defining their own values? Cause I don't think it's something that a lot of people, I mean, hell, I didn't do it until like I heard about the concept. Right. Uh, how does someone define their values and then start to live in more of alignment uh, to it in their day-to-day life? Right. So I think the best way though, what would you want written on your tombstone? Like, you know, he lived his life to the fullest. He was, he was an honest, adventurous, loving man. You know, she was, she climbed mountains, she laughed and she loved fully, you know, like to think about what would you want? Or if it's not written on your tombstone, if you don't plan to be buried, you know, what would you (laughs) want someone to say, uh, you know, your eulogy, you know, about you? Um, I think that's, I mean, again, it's a little bit morbid, but I actually think that it's like sort of the the best way that we can really tap into that. And then I would just encourage individuals like literally Google values list. And there's tons that comes up, you know, like a list of like 100 values. And then just start to pick out things that feel in alignment with you, you know, so like maybe pick out if you find a list of 100, maybe you pick out 20 and then you narrow it down to and then you narrow it down to nine. The thing that I would really encourage individuals to ask themselves, am I picking this value because I think that's how, like, am I picking this value because it sounds cool or Mm. am I picking this value because it really matters to me, you know? Mm. Um, So for example, in my office, I've had a lot of people pick the value of faith. And then when I ask them, like, tell me what faith means to you, you know, it's more of a parental value and a family value than it is an individual value for that person. Right. 100%, um, yeah. Or, Oh my gosh, I've definitely had a lot of people pick success and they usually equate like success with money. But when I dive into that, that is not, you know, it's just not, it's, it's like what they've sort of been trained to think, especially millennials. Like, well, I want to be successful. I want to have my own business. But then when you dive in, it's a little bit like, Sorry, my phone's ringing. I hope you can't hear it. But oh no, um, you're good. It's a little bit like, wait, that's not at the top of their list. It might be number eight or number ten, but it's not number one, two, or three. You know, right. so to really ask yourself, is this really my value? Like, is this really what I would want said? You know, at my funeral, um, right. or is this something that I think would sound cool if it was said? You know. Um, right. And then I, you know, just to really think about like what matters to you, like, you know, if every day you had, there were three things that you did that were in alignment with your values and you could end the day feeling those felt so good to me, like what Mm. would those things be? Um, But I think values are like, I mean, they are the headlamp for our life when we go through the woods, like they get us through, they shine the light on which path we should take. They help us, you know, overcome those twigs and those barriers and those boulders. You know, they they shine the light on the other side. Like we, 
we have to have values and we have to know our values in order to really move forward in an authentic way, in my opinion. Gosh, I love that. Yeah. And it's, it's almost like a roadmap, right? Like it's like yes. you're, you're in a road. It's like, which path do I take? Do I take the left or the right? And you just assess your values. If you have them like written down or you know them and you'd be like, well, I know this one will definitely get me to value number one. And this one will go to value number four. Like right. I pull still like them, but Hey, like I got to go with the value number one. I think that's so cool. And what I thought was really interesting was the part where you said, uh, people will put their values ahead of other values based on like what society expects them yes. to go into. I mean, like, dude, I did the same thing thing with my own life like for me like and I know this is a very controversial thing but like for me at first I was putting family as number one and health as number two but like only reason why I did that was because it was like oh everyone has family as number one but in reality I think I value health a little more than family because if I'm not healthy then I can't be the best family member so that's like kind of like what I think but at the same time it although it was like and literally, like, I get nervous, like, saying this on the mic because I know some people are going to be like, oh, family's not his number one value. Like, what the hell is that? Yeah. But, like, that's who I am. And and I, like, I think people, you know, should just be more themselves and just not be afraid to get judged. But I always get the question, too. It's like, it's like, it's almost like we're pre like disposed to get approval from others because we want connection. So yep. for you, do, do the values help, like help a person be able to be more themselves? And if not, like what is kind of like your advice to someone who wants to stop seeking approval for others and instead seek approval from only themselves, if that makes sense? Yeah. So yes, if you, if you identify the values that are truly authentic to you then yes, they absolutely like help you make the right choices and help you make choices that are in alignment with who you are. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, so, you know, and sometimes it takes work. Like you said, like, you know, somebody might do that activity and they might write down three values and in three months, you know, um, they go back to that list and they're like, gosh, laughter is really not one of my values and I picked it as a value. Okay, fine. You know, like then pick something else. But so I think like people also kind of have to think of like the value system is like, um, as, as fluid that we have to check Mm. in with it regularly, you know? Um, so I think that that's one thing in terms of like seeking approval from others. I mean, the difficult thing about like always hustling for the approval of others is then you are you are never putting your own ego and your own well-being first because mm-hmm. it's always whether or not somebody else is satisfied that comes first. Um, and so, you know, it's a difficult process. And I mean, one of my pet peeves, honestly, is when people say, like, well, I don't care. Okay, we all care what people think. Like we would be literally sociopaths if we don't. So stop (laughs) saying that. Like if you, if you have this sort of big grand ego of like, I don't know, I'm fine with myself. I don't really care what anybody thinks. I mean, okay, that's fine. But let's rephrase it in a different way. Like you can say, you know, what people think don't, does not impact my thoughts, feelings, or behaviors, but there are some people in your life, I would guarantee it, whose thoughts like and opinions and feelings towards you actually do matter to you. They actually do. Because if not, you literally like we would be on the sociopath process here. So and like I, you know, people might sort of think that's funny, but I'm like actually serious. So um so I do think that I do think that like it's okay to acknowledge that you care about what other people think. But what 
attach your worth and value to what they think, right? And attach mm-hmm. your worth and value to how they behave towards you or with you. Because we all have inherent worth and value. We all come on this planet valuable and worthy of love and belonging. And mm-hmm. we will all leave the same way. So you need to start really like looking inside and asking yourself, you know, is how I care about myself and how I think about myself and how I feel towards myself the very best that it can be in this moment. And we all go through difficult times where, you know, we have our ups and downs of how much we like ourselves. You know, I've definitely gone through periods where I've been like, I don't think I'm making the right choices. I don't think, you know, I'm behaving in the way that I want to. There are totally days as a mother where I just think at the end of the day, like I was a shit mom today. You know, like I just <laughs> not show up for my kids in the way that I wanted to. That's okay. Like, I'm human. I'm going to go through that. You know, we're going to, I'm going to have my periods of struggle, but my worth and value isn't dependent on that. You know, like I know that I'm a worthy and valuable individual, regardless of whether, you know, regardless of how I, um, regardless of the approval that I get from somebody else or the lack of approval that I get from somebody else. So really asking yourself, you know, how am I, how am I first focusing on the approval that I get from myself, you know, and how I feel about myself, how I care for myself and the way that I think about myself, like how can I put that as a priority? And then it's sometimes it's just about doing the work. It's just about doing it. It's just about making that something that you do every day, you know, whether it's having a mantra that you say to yourself that you really enjoy or doing something every day that, you know, that just, is peaceful for you, you know, Mm -hmm. that you really, like I have, after I go for for a run or drop my kids off at school, I have a cup of coffee and a piece of toast and I read my book for like five minutes. It's so delightful. You know, it's like, this is how I'm loving myself is I'm treating myself to those things without the ruckus of the day. And I'm not (laughs) dropping them off and immediately getting on my computer and sending emails. It's like, if I can start my day with taking care of myself, my day is so much better off. Right, right. Oh, man, I, I totally agree. I think having self-care and having self-love is so important, especially because we can be so hard on ourselves sometimes and not give ourselves credit, right? Like, we tend to forget. I mean, again, like I only say this because, like, I have definitely experienced, and I still do this day, is, like, we tend to forget you know, the amazing things that we've done, like in our lives and and really just reward, unlike we we don't reward ourselves, but in a second, we'll beat ourselves down with negative self-talk and punish ourselves like crazy, which seems kind of like counterintuitive. But I, you know, I think it's easy to do it nowadays with all the social media out there and and easy to compare with other people. So I think having a self-love practice is so important. And I actually want to get your perspective on this because this is something, an idea that uh, someone brought up to me recently, and I've been thinking about it a lot, is that um, he told me he was like, don't confuse self-love with like uh incompetence or or like like self like making yourself way too comfortable you know so like how do you how do you balance those things like between like self-love and like you know being way too comfortable like for example like if someone needed to change something in their life like it was like bad but they were just like putting it off because they were like self-care like what's kind of the balance between those two things in your eyes yeah so that's such a great question and i equate it very to what I hear a lot too, when I encourage my clients to give themselves compassion and they equate it with condoning their behavior, Mm, right? mm -hmm. So it's like, for example, if I'm working with somebody who's struggling with an addiction and they're in their recovery and they have a slip and it's like, well, listen, you've got to come at yourself with compassion. Um, They're like, 
what can sometimes happen is either they're like, well, I don't want to make it okay. And I'm like, I'm not making it okay. Like there's nothing (laughs) okay about what you just did, but you were in pain and that's where your brain goes. And so have compassion, like for that Mm -hmm. person that was in so much pain that that's the only thing they felt could help them in that moment. Right. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. but that's very different than, oh, it's not a big deal that I had another drink. No, it's a big deal. It's definitely a big deal. Um, But again, compassion. So I think it's very similar to what your friend said in the sense that like we can give ourselves self-love, but that doesn't mean that we are, um, that we need to move away from things that are uncomfortable. And sometimes the biggest acts of self-love are the ones that make us uncomfortable because that's where we're going to grow. You know, that's where our growth edge is. Our growth edge does not exist when we're like lounging on the beach, getting a manicure and pedicure and like reading a book and it happens. Unless that's super uncomfortable for you, which by the way, it would totally be uncomfortable for me. Like even when I said that out loud, I'm like, oh, that's awful. (laughs) That sounds horrible. But it would probably be a growth edge for me because it it would give me permission and allow me to stay still. And that's something I struggle with, you know? Mm-hmm. So so I think like really asking yourself, am I engaging in self-love or am I engaging in self-indulgence here, mm-hmm. right? Like, am mm-hmm. I am I giving myself compassion or am I just condoning my behavior? Right, right. And then do you suggest like if someone were to um, be in a place of like, let's just say, um, uh, like, I don't know, I wanted to implement a habit every day, like meditate every morning for some mm-hmm reason right and then so the morning i wake up and i don't do it so one like do you suggest like kind of being hard on yourself but like not pushing like so far where it's like beating down like what it what is kind of that process like of like almost disciplining yourself but like not too far to the edge where you're just like you know just totally like self-destructing if that makes sense yeah it's a great question so i think a lot of it has to do with the language that we use um i don't Mm -hmm. like the word should and a lot of people like should on themselves a lot so like for example (laughs) let's take that example of the meditation right so like someone has like a meditative practice every morning but then it's saturday morning they wake up and they're and they decide to hit the snooze button instead Mm -hmm. right So then when they actually get up and they're like, I should have done that, right? Like, why didn't I do that? I'm such a fucking idiot. Mm -hmm. Okay, that indicates shame. Mm -hmm. And shame is a focus on self. Guilt is a focus on behavior. So shame is when somehow we make it about who we are. And guilt is like we make it about kind of what happened. Um, Mm -hmm. And shame we know is like, correlated with not being motivated, addiction, suicidality, depression, if greater anxiety. So, and when I hear the word, the word should shame is usually right around the corner. Mm -hmm. So I like to help individuals move just to a simple shift in their language instead of, gosh, I should have meditated. Why didn't I do that? I'm such a fucking idiot. What about this? I would have really liked to meditate this morning. Do I still have an opportunity to do that? And how can I make sure I do that tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Right? So it's like you're acknowledging you didn't do something you wanted to do, right? And that you, A, could still have time for it. And B, if you really want to change it, what are you going to do tomorrow? You know, right. and, it's just, and again, it's like that, that, dif- that difference of like compassion versus condoning. You know, it's like 
okay, that didn't happen, but I'm not then going to like, you know, let it spiral into my day. It's just, okay, that didn't happen. What can I do differently next time? So I should, should be replaced with, I would. So like, Mm. um, or if it's like, you know, if you're trying to really dial in your diet, right. And let's say it's a Friday night and you go out and you end up having pizza and then getting ice cream on the way home. And as you're climbing into bed, it's like, I should not have eaten all of that today. Like I'm such a, you know, F, 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 you know, (laughs) expletive, insert expletive. You could say, I would have really liked to make a different choice tonight. What are the Mm. choices I can make tomorrow? Mm. You know, so substitute I would with I should um, and see where that takes you. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. I love that. That is so cool. And I remember you talking something similar about this on the Spartan Mind. And it actually, and this is a true story. I'm not making this up. I remember there you you talk specifically about like failing an obstacle in a race. And for me, like that shit gets to me. Like when I fail an obstacle, I get I get pissed. <laughs> and so like and I was the classic case of like, oh yeah, like I failed that. I'm a fucking idiot or something like that. But I remember I failed the beater in a race and I remember your voice coming in my head basically <laughs> and just being like, you're not a failure. You just failed it. You just failed it. And I said, okay, yeah, exactly. I just failed it. Did my burpees. Yeah. And I was like, huh, all right. That feels pretty good. It feels much yeah. better. And then I finished the race with my head up. So thank you yeah. for that. First of all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, well, I, you're welcome. And I, I mean, I probably spoke to that because it's happened so much time, so many times for me, like the last beast that I did earlier in the year, the last, I'm not even kidding. I did 270 burpees because it was, it was just, I was failing one obstacle over the next. And, and then here's what happened. So we're like, I'm coming down the very last part of the mountain and I've got like rope climb and hurt hoist as the last two obstacles. And I'm just spent, but I come over the mountain and who do I see? But my husband and my kids. And they're rooting me on like no other. And I see they don't think I'm a failure. They Mm -hmm. think I'm the most badass mom known to man. You know, like I made the planet happen in their eyes. Hell yeah. You know, what am I doing? And I failed the hurt in front of them and the rope climb. But I was still like smiling ear to ear. Like, this is how it goes. So, Yeah. I mean, I think that's exactly right. We have to start just shifting our language a little bit. Words matter. I mean, Mm -hmm. words really, really matter. So the more buttoned up we can get with our language and the more self-aware that we can get with the way that we're speaking to ourselves. Yeah. If we can change that, we'll be better off. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I love that. I love it where you can just reframe the language that you're using and it changes everything. And one thing that I absolutely loved in your Instagram page was scrolling down how you had like certain cards on like your Instagram posts where you had like a reframe kind of thing from like a certain thought. And I was, I was literally just sitting there just like taking each one. And I was like, wow, that one's really powerful, really powerful. And I just think it's like such a cool and easy concept that anyone can do. Um, and yeah, is, it is just so cool. And, and again, I could sit here and talk with you four hours, like literally <laughs> hours. I think what you have to say is just so awesome. And I think you're just so, awesome. so genuine. And I just love how you're pulling stuff from your life too, because it just makes it all the more relatable. But unfortunately, uh, we're at the tail end of the podcast. And before I ask my last question, where can our listeners find you? Uh, if they're interested in learning more about you, your work, if they want to listen to Spartan Mind, where can our listeners do all that stuff? Yeah. So, I mean, my, you know, if you want to reach out to me individually, there are two ways you can go to my website, which is drlarapence.com and just, you know, send me an email. I mean, you know, I'm super responsive. So feel free to reach out. I, on Instagram, my handle is at drlarapence. 
Um, so definitely you can reach out to me and message that way or just follow me, you know, add comments, let me know what you're thinking. Um, find us and you can find us on all of like the places where people, where podcast exists, you know, iTunes and Spotify, it's under Spartan up podcast, or you can find us on YouTube too. If you just put in Spartan mind in the search engine and we'll pop right up. So, yeah, I mean, you know, the more people that are learning from this, the better. And the thing is. I learn from everybody else. So like, mm -hmm. I mean, not only have you maybe learned from the things I've said today, but being with you and in your presence, like helps elevate me and also gives me amazing things to think about. So the more cross pollination we can have, the better. Oh, I agree. And this was an absolute pleasure for me too. I mean, I'm just feeling just like so excited to be able to have to talk to you and, and, and to have you on the show. It's just been an absolute pleasure. And, uh, I, I think you're, you're doing all the right things and I'm, I'm more than happy to, to elevate each other along the way as we go on cool. this journey. So it's great. And so for my last question here is what does fulfillment mean to you and what fulfills you in life? What fulfillment means to me is showing up the way that you were meant to so that you can contribute to the world. And what fulfills me in life is doing that exact thing. Oh, my gosh. You're an absolute rock star. Thank you so much, Laura, for coming on the show. I really yeah! appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you so much. Good luck with everything. Keep doing what you're doing. You were clearly meant for this. So I, oh, thank you. I will support you along the way through all of it. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of The Art of Fulfillment. If you like this content, hit subscribe. And you can follow us on Instagram at Art of Fulfillment, where we post more tips on how to be more fulfilled in your life other than the podcast. So be sure to follow that account. And you can follow me on Instagram at Joe Corsione. And feel free to shoot a DM to me if you have any questions. All right, guys. Remember, create a fulfilling life. And I'll see you next time.